Welcome to the Resistance Broadcast, everybody. I'm John. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is our Thursday show. It's our discussion show, and we're going to have some fun topics to get us warmed up into our discussion, which is going to be about uh, pretty topical to current events right now, but it's uh, going to be Star Wars's cultural importance during uncertain times uh, throughout its history, from the beginning to now, and uh, why it means so much to us, sometimes in dark times more than uh, good. But uh, it's going to be a positive and good discussion anyway, full of hope, so we can't wait to get into that later. With me, as always, is James and Lacey. Guys, um, how are you guys doing? I want to know, you know, we're all kind of, uh, you know, staying in our own quarters and that sort of thing these days in uh, the craziness that's going on in the world, um, the unavoidable craziness. Um, have you guys been... Uh, delving into uh star wars content more than you would normally and how how are you how was your star wars uh consumption habits uh during these times what are you guys getting into or re-watching uh obviously rise of skywalker out on digital and that sort of thing but um what are you guys getting into lacy what are you getting into right now um i've been working from home so i haven't really been uh like watching movies a lot i watched the rise of skywalker again Mhm. Mhm. It was it was all right. I got some favorite parts, some parts I didn't like as much, but it's good. I'm into bullet journaling now, which is a thing I do. Not really Star Warsy, but like so you have a firearm and then you no, write no, down no, how no, fast no. it went. A bullet journal is a journal with little dots in it so that you can draw perfect squares Oh yeah, yeah. I have a planner. I have some goals this year I'm trying to accomplish. Make a page I've that's just that game productive. where you got to close off the squares. <laughs> you just waste a whole page. So what'd you plan yeah. for Monday? Oh, just as I just played this game a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a bullet journal? Yeah, bullet journal. Mm-hmm. Wait, did, did you create this thing? What is this? I've never heard of this. No, no, it's a thing. It's a whole entire industry slash... Thing. Where you connect dots? No, it's just the no, design John. on the page. It's like a, a like a graph page, like you know, but without oh, the I lines. Oh, graph pages. Yeah. All right. Right on. Yeah. James, how are how are you doing? What what's going on with you? That was the most boring answer I could have given. I'm sorry. It was um, kind of yeah. brutal. I'm not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> James, you have, you have big shoes My- to fill here, buddy. Did you did you take a nap? <laughs> yeah, no, my uh, mine is not any better. I think hers I is, is better than what I have. Skywalker once. James, yeah. did you paint a line on your wall and watch it dry by any chance? <laughs> I'm still in the same boat. I watched Rise of Skywalker one time uh, mm. since I've had it. All I right. will say um, it was really nice to be able to have it at home. Um I think uh, at some point I'm going to have to do the like, I'm going to go back and rewatch these scenes because I want to like pay attention to the dialogue and the scenery and stuff. Even as many times as you see it, sometimes just things are going by so quick. I want to do the the pause and replay. Go back. Hold on. I want to see that again. Hold on. Go back. I want to see that again. You know, Um, you know what you should do. You should journal hmm. about it. I should get a bullet journal. John, you know what those are? <laughs> I just learned that today. It's something about dots and connecting them. I wasn't yeah. listening. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a thing. So I... Uh, 
I have a journal that I, I, have, I thought I you were going to say I have of. a dream. Yeah. So what I've kind been, of notes? Uh, uh, just stuff from like the podcast and I'll jot down like during or stuff like reminders and that sort of thing. But um, I, I've yeah watched uh, The Rise of Skywalker a couple times now since having it at home. Um, still get teared up at times every time I watch it. I've seen it 11 times now. Um, but Kathleen watched it for the second time and she said that's her favorite Star Wars movie. I like out of all of them. So um, I thought that was interesting. But uh, Mando, I think I'm going to do a full rewatch. Uh, it's been a while since I watched Mando. So now that we've digested it, watched the whole thing, and we're gearing up for season two, I'm curious how a rewatch is going to sit with me. I think it's going to be a different experience. So I'm going to definitely get into that. And of course, you know, the Clone mm-hmm. War stuff that's coming out and that sort of thing. Um, but it's, it's, it's so weird being in this situation where we just don't know when life's going to get back to normal and um st- and this know, episode like- is airing you know later too like things right. are changing so quickly right. we're all like hey how's it been and it's like yeah. <laughs> we right. know we don't know where we're at right now exactly you know what we do know works. though yeah. how good the music is in the mandalorian because as soon as you said the mandalorian rewatch i heard do 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 yeah yeah you know I, it's funny i was I was thinking about other composers that can do Star Wars, and I just started getting into. This is another thing I started getting into. I started watching the show Succession on HBO. Have you guys heard about this show? You tweeted about yeah. this the other day. It is a really, really good show, and I like Brian Cox. I'm a good, I'm a big I fan see of you, his. Lucy. Like dating back to like when he was <laughs> the first Hannibal Lecter on uh, mm-hmm. in Manhunter before Anthony Hopkins. But it's a it's a good show, and the music is so good and catchy. And I was like listening to other stuff that guy did. I, I think he'd be he'd do a, a great job with some like old Republic style Star Wars stuff. But anyway, because they need a new composer because Johnny Williams is hanging up his is it baton? Is that what they call it? Conducting wand? I think it's conducting wand, maybe. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Um James, will the force on the shelf for this week? So what are we getting into to get our engines going? Forces. I'm one with the Force. That's right. It's one with the Force this week. Um, Chirrut is in quarantine right now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Uh, No, we're doing one with the Force. We decided to switch it up a little bit. And uh, I got our first question right here. You guys ready? Yes. 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 All right. So you've been captured by an assassin yet again. We're back here again. We've been captured. The time, uh, this time you're going to be forced to either kill Chewbacca or Baby Yoda. And I like how John didn't sway from Baby Yoda. It's like, it's the same thing. All right, Chewbacca or Baby Yoda. And if you don't kill one of them, the assassin's going to kill both of them. So who do you kill? Uh, John, you started us on this journey. Uh, where mm-hmm. Go first. Who are you picking? And why? Uh, killing Baby Yoda. No, not why are you killing them? Why did you do this to us? Oh, um, I don't know. I just thought it'd be funny because last time it was such a tough question for us to answer. I think that we, that's when we had John Roca on with us, right? We and split we it. Leia, yeah. We did it was two Leia, Leia and, and two Baby Yoda. Yeah, Baby Yoda. But um, it's just one of those tough choice things and those impossible situations. And I think sometimes those make for uh, fun answers, even though it's a dark topic. But I would kill probably baby yoda just because 
Chewie's like the family dog, and I always hate in movies when they have to kill the dog. So uh, I love Baby Yoda, but if I had to pick one, which would if I didn't pick one, both get killed. I have to kill Baby Yoda. Yeah. Sorry, Baby Yoda. Lacey, Baby Yoda. I'm surprised about that answer. Why? I killed him last time. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) That pause was way too long. Uh, No, Chewie has done so much for the galaxy. I couldn't ever look at Han after I've killed Chewie. So, Baby Yoda. Not many people know who Baby Yoda is. I'd be okay with it. It's a good point, but I'm still going to kill Chewbacca. Oh, God. And you have dogs. You're you're a, you're a bad person. I think you're a bad person for calling a sentient being a dog all the time, you jerk. Well, he's based Ooh. on he's a, a dog. Person. He's based on a dog. You do call him a Did dog Did you see that tweet that, go, that went around that was like, Han's the dog? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, hold on. I, I, call I don't the, remember who wrote hold that. Hold on, James. Now I have to defend myself before you get into your explanation. Because it's one with the force. Only one answer. No, you called me out. Peter Mayhew <laughs> said he's like the dog. And he is Chewbacca. And George Lucas based him off his dog. So, eat it. Great story, John. Uh, I kill him. <laughs> um, because... <laughs> he I think here's the thing is like I, I just ultimately got to come down to like loss of life right baby Yoda it has like 900 years ahead of him and Chewbacca has maybe 200 left um, Chewbacca has lived a, a good life and at any moment he could go in battle whereas like I even though baby Yoda's been in a few scuffles um, who knows what his life is yet to bring. He's not like choosing to be in war, whereas Chewbacca is actively going out and fighting in wartime. So um, if he were to, you know, get shot down in the Falcon or something like that, I think his family would be like, it is what it is, right? He was a great warrior and we're going to miss him. I mean, if you say it that way, then yeah, baby Yoda. I didn't even think of it yeah. that way. I switched my answer. So you're switching your answer because of what James just said? Yeah, because if you look at it that way, and who has more life, James Baby is Yoda like, has a whole life ahead of him. Chewbacca's lived that's a good why the life. Baby Yoda, I chose yeah. Leia last time for the same reason. I'm like, she did a great thing, but she's already yeah. you know this far along. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you got to get off Baby Yoda, John. That's her problem. All right. <laughs> He's like, good I don't story, have a problem. John. <laughs> All right. Even though the Skywalker saga <laughs> is complete and no longer in theaters, a genie has granted you a wish where you can watch one. Do you get it? One with the force. Uh, Star Wars movie of your choice in a theater on the big screen. Which one are you choosing? Lacey, you get to go first on this one. Return of the Jedi. Just for Ooh. the Jabba barge scene. That would be so awesome to see on a big screen. I too am going to say Return of the Jedi because <laughs> yeah. that was my pick. Uh, so two for two, John. Can we do this? A New Hope. Witty, witty comment. Oh, A New Hope. Good one. That's yeah. surprising. I thought you would have said Empire. I am seeing Empire in the big screen. Uh, quarantine be damned uh, in oh, May. Oh, wow. Yeah, you are. With the orchestra. Um, if 
Yeah, I'm actually nervous about that at this point, even though it's May. But um, yeah, A New Hope, just because, I mean, I've seen all the Star Wars movies in theaters because of the special editions, right? Have you guys? I might have missed them. No. I, I, I'm not really sure. It was 97, like early 97. Yeah. Um, I was in fourth grade. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't born yet. <laughs> um, uh, no, but A New Hope just because, um, you know, that first shot and all that stuff and how classic it is and, and the TIE fighter scene with Han and Luke and that sort of stuff, just that classic aspect of it. And I feel like the way we've seen the, the sequels so recently, so... <clears throat> so so recently <laughs> like 20 years ago the sequels oh the oh sorry yeah i was he thinking you said prequels, prequels. Yeah, oh, yeah, no. yeah yeah i was I actually thinking did prequels see, I did, I, i'm i'm dragging this out but i'm uh, i did see the phantom menace when they did that 3d release and they started doing that before he sold mm. lucasfilm to disney uh-huh. um so that was like 2012 i saw that in like 3d in the theaters good story gotcha. john <laughs> What the hell? That was a better. That was yeah. a good story. Jeez. All right, we got another question. Take any <laughs> Star Wars your character. Journal. Talk about good stories. <laughs> that was a terrible um, story. And put them in. Take any Star Wars character and put them in any movie uh, or movie franchise outside of Star Wars. Um, which who are you picking? What character, John? This one's to you first. Um, I forgot to think of an answer for this <laughs> you know it's funny i, I kind of was like oh shoot i guess i'll go with the first one i thought of james you go first you want me to go first can on i this? go can i go last on this it sure if if we come back to this like next week and give ourselves enough time i bet we'd have all different answers but unless Lacey's really got it but on my first one i'm gonna go with mace windu in independence day that's pretty interesting. That would, that would make that movie decent, at least. I would like to see. I would like to see um, a Jedi who I I don't even know if this is like his thing, but I like to think of him as like the lead tactician of the Clone Wars. And he's like planning everything out. And he's looking at the battles and he's they're making judgment calls and stuff. I would like to see him tackle understanding this alien attack. And then I also just think it would be sweet to see him out there, um, like pulling down ships and stuff, right? Which I guess any Jedi could do that, but uh, Mace Windu in that movie. Or in Jurassic Park, which would be funny because <laughs> he's already in Jurassic Park. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Lacey, what do, you, what do you got? Ray in the Hunger Games. She would just win instantly. I know, and it would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything with, uh, like some sort of a- any character in like the hunger games would be interesting just to see how they make it through. Yeah. And yeah. I think that she would be better at saving people than Katniss was because she has the force powers. I, it, this is your pick and that's fine. But I think I, if I was going to do hunger games, I'd do a non force using character. But it, but it's my pick James, but it's, but it's Lacey's pick. <laughs> Hey, cool story, James. <laughs> at, least at least it's not about John. at least it's not about bullet journals. Yeah, <laughs> He's ahead there. I still think these are made up. Um, all right, I, yeah, maybe we do have to revisit this, but 
I'll just say maybe be funny to see like Yoda in Dazed and Confused. What? <laughs> All right. Why? Because imagine a bunch of like stoned drunk kids just interacting with Yoda on car rides in the 1970s. I'd like to see Yoda in... Um, you picked uh, Ray, who's pretty much the same character as the girl in Hunger Games in Hunger Games. What are you looking at me like my answers? <laughs> I mean, you're kind of right. <laughs> um, now I can't think of the name. What's the movie where like all the famous comedians play themselves and it's the end of the world? This is the end. This is yeah. This is yeah. the end. Yoda in This is the End would be great. <laughs> yeah. Pineapple Express 2 we should do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, she last really question. is like Katniss. <laughs> Lacey's like, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi in Lord of the Rings. As Gandalf. <laughs> Lacey's like, I'd like to see if she would try to eat the berries at the same time as the other person so that they both lose <laughs> so, I don't know anyway um, Kylo last Ren right, here we go. in Marriage Story <laughs> that would be good <laughs> he would like just cut her head he's off he's actually almost more intimidating in Marriage Story at some points than he is in Star Wars but anyway alright you're you're uh, you are an X-Wing pilot and can take in any of the galactic you can take part in any of the galactic space <laughs> battles read? in Star Wars. My cursor was over the word. <laughs> All right. John, Starting write better over. notes. You are an X-Wing pilot and can take part in any of the galactic space battles in Star Wars history. Which space battle do you take part in? Um, John, I'm going to make you go first on this one then. Because we went last time. Uh, the uh, See, this is tricky because there's a good chance I probably die during this. But those, tre- <laughs> the, those trench runs, man, I got to go with Battle of Yavin from A New Hope. I'm very a new hopey today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, did I tell you Bennett calls Goofy Hopey? Does he? Yeah, you he said can't this. say yeah, he can't say the G's and he can't say the F's, so he says Hopey. Oh, Johnny <laughs> says Oofy. Or Oofy. Oofy? Yeah. That's good. My kids say nothing, because I don't have kids. Your kids say it's a trap. <laughs> and meow. Uh, yeah. What do you pick? Um, my pick is Battle of Endor. Oh wait! Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know when I, when you said Battle of Endor, I thought um, on the ground. Hunger Games. Yeah. Me no, too. I thought on the ground versus like second Death Star. I don't know. Second Death right, Star with like, with like Lando and everything. That's a good one. That's that's one of the two that I was debating between. And since you said it, I'll go with the other one. Battle of Scarif. Ooh, Gotta go with the Battle that of Scarif. was my other choice. I knew that was coming. Yeah, that, it's such a good one in the movie, but it, there's also so much to it. It's the first real major battle of the rebellion. And you also have Blue Squadron, which I love. And you also get 
uh, it's one of the few battles that are like on land. Yeah. And would you, so, there's a lot there. How aggressive would you be? Would you be one of the people like I'm going into the atmosphere of Scarif or you're going to be on the outskirts? Like, Hey guys, I'm up. I'm getting those guys over here. Oh, <laughs> in real life. I'd be like, <laughs> Hey, I'll get the ones that are good and too far. <laughs> like I'm like, out here. <laughs> Hey, this guy's <laughs> heading off to Tatooine. I'll, I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of these guys is trying to run away. I'll go get him. <laughs> like you see the guy hit the force field as it closes and you're like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. What a dummy. Yeah. Good thing I'm not red five. All right. Yeah. Uh, is that it? That's it for one with the force guys. We're done. Um, I'm going to send it over to Lacey now so we can do the Patreon pod race. All right, guys, time for the Patreon pod race. So there's a lot of ways you can support us by liking this video, commenting, subscribing, listening to me talk about bullet journals, <laughs> or one way following to us on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N. Or if you want even more content from us, you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. We have all different types of levels of officers that have all different types of access and content and much more. Um, and one of our ranks is our generals, which is our top tier people. Um, and General Jeremy is the pod race this week. So how this works is we asked him a question. He gets 60 seconds to answer it, and then we react. So his question this week was, are the Sith now forever extinct with Rey's defeat of Palpatine? Jeremy, take it away. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, so this is funny because this is a topic that I brought up after the uh, the movie and uh, talked long and hard to a couple of my buddies about but I truly believe that the Sith are still out there. I think there was uh, hints and a specific message in the movie that alluded to another Sith or someone else that's uh, still carrying on the Sith practice. Um, so no, I don't think they're dead. I do believe they could uh, utilize these characters in the future. I mean, the rule two has been a constant throughout time. So you can't have a uh, one without two. So I truly believe that there is a second Sith out there that will start up the, uh, the evil again in the dark side. So hope you're doing great. Miss you guys. General Jeremy out. Nice. First of all, how is it outside, Jeremy? Is it nice? I haven't seen the sun in so long. Uh, John, what do you think of his answer? She uses blackout curtains, I guess. <laughs> I think that that was a diesel answer, Jeremy. I think you did there a good it is. job. Um, for their audio listeners, he's standing in front of giant diesel tanks. So that's why I said diesel answer. Um, uh, it, it's, it, it's tricky for me because I kind of... Hope if they do continue with Ray, it's not a oh yeah the, the Sith are back and you're fighting the Sith again. Um, I'm hoping it would be a new threat that could be a dark side um, user, but isn't necessarily the Sith. Um, 
But I don't know. I mean, you 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 could be right. We we thought the Sith were done when uh, Anakin uh, destroyed Palpatine, and it turns out that wasn't the case. So we'd be fools to think that they're gone now. They were gone for a millennium, uh, way in the the old Republic days, and they came back. So you're right. They're probably not gone. Um, when they come back, we're not sure. But you made you made great great points. And if I had to flip a coin, uh, and and, and teeter one way or the other. They're probably not extinct, so I think you make a good call there. Um, but uh, I know you're you're busy and you got a lot going on, and uh, things are crazy right now. I'm sure in your industry, things are absolutely nuts with what you do um, with uh, agriculture and all that sort of stuff. So I uh, hope you're doing well, man. And uh, as always, thanks for being a positive Star Wars fan. Thanks for all your support, and hopefully, I see you in August. Hopefully, hanging on. Thanks, bud. Jeremy, that was a great answer. First of all, I love your camo hat. Really, really looks nice. Uh, that being said, I agree with you. I think there has to be something else out there. Um, because, you know, they talked about, especially in the sequel trilogy, about balance and, you know, one rising and the other to meet it type thing. So now that you've defeated that evil entity, it's you got to think, oh, there's got to be something else because then it would just leave Ray being Ray, who's like on the light side. Um, so I agree with you. I think there's something else out there. I don't know what it is. We'll probably find out eventually. Um, like John said, hopefully not a Sith. Let's, let's go somewhere new. James. Yeah. I thought it was a great answer because I, I think you kind of convinced me. Um, my thought on this was that the, the Sith are done. Palpatine's done. That's the end of that story. They were, they supposedly wrapped that up in, this but then then they decided to do seven eight nine so they brought it back just so they could wrap it up again um but at the end of the day palpatine is just too smart to not have someone else potentially under him and i know his goal in this movie was uh kylo ren and ray to to be the successor here but um We've seen in other stuff, too, that he put other he put like multiple other potential successors up against Vader because he's like, I'm always looking for the best. You know, just because I have you're my main plan does not mean that I don't have all these other people as my successors. Now, I don't think Palpatine's going to come back, but I think it's very likely that there may have been other people around. I mean, look at the entire Sith Eternal. You know, there are people who love and uh celebrate the sith so i think they could still be out there and you're right it's a good point all right thanks jeremy if you guys want to support us head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast now we're gonna head over to john i just said head over like three times uh for the discussione john what was that um what was that discussione that podcast video where that guy was like, don't do this. Was it? Let me ask you this. Was that the thing? Oh, yeah. It was interrupting. So, let me so, let me so ask let, you. Let me, so let let me, me ask so you. Let, <laughs> let me ask you guys. Um, and then they're gonna, like, so what do you have to ask? And he's like, I, I, I don't. I forgot. And he's like, so let me ask you. Right. <laughs> Um, all right, guys, our discussion this week, Star Wars cultural importance during uncertain times. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. 
Uh, Star Wars came out in 1977 during a dark time in American history. Morale and spirits were low in a post-war country. Uh, the economy was decimated, and the movie came out at the right time, allowing people to escape and yearn for adventure and hope in a galaxy far, far away. Now, today, as we sit here facing a global pandemic, we are again in uncertain times. We're all kind of stressed, unsure of where things are going, but one constant we all have, and we still have there for us, is Star Wars. 40 years later, and just as culturally important as ever, so let's talk about the importance of this franchise we love so much, Star Wars, during uncertain times. Um, so I'm going to start things off. You know, I, I thought about this because I love the history of Star Wars and I love sometimes uh, history does kind of repeat itself. And um, there have been many documentaries and books talking about how Star Wars kind of came out at the right time. And it just happened to be one of those things where everything lined up right for, for George Lucas, where he told this story. Um, which he based on kind of the the Vietnam War in a sense about you know good versus evil and you know a small rebellion versus an empire and people mm -hmm. uh, drew themselves to it and they 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 went to the theaters to escape for two hours from the craziness going on in the world and and the the beaten down aspect of living in America at that time where interest rates were through the roof and and people were out of work and people were getting gassed by what letter your street started with. It was it was pretty crazy back then. And we find ourselves in a similar situation now where, you know, we just talked about it uh, at the top, you know, what we do during these times where we're in lockdown, what kind of Star Wars we get into. And we hear uh, in our Discord chats uh, people saying, well, I, I get back, got back into this book and now I'm rewatching this series. And Star Wars is kind of always there for us. And uh, whether good times are bad, but sometimes in the bad times, it's a good thing for us not only to escape into, but also also those tales of uh, the underdog story and overcoming um, bad times and, and, and that, that message of hope that has resonated more than ever throughout that franchise. And they really harp on that. So I thought it'd be a good discussion to have. Uh, so I want to um, get your guys take on that. I believe last week I started uh, with Lacey. So James, let me go to you on this. Um, uh, obviously rough times that we're in now, uncertain times, uh, the Star Wars, uh, give you hope uh does that message resonate with you and how do you feel it impacts it, how, how do you feel its impact is for people in uh, uncertain times especially diehard fans like us and people probably listening and watching this one thing i think is funny is like we're talking about going to the movies as like a form of escapism and that always has been the case and like right now we're in a situation where going to the movies and just like going into the dark theater and having a group, uh, <laughs> you know, a community laugh at a, at a comedy or something like that is, is healthy. And it's like, Oh, we're not doing that. <laughs> That's yeah, we can't even situation. do that right now. Right. Yeah. We're yeah. kind of in that weird predicament. Um, I, uh, I do think, I think more so than myself personally, um, I think a lot of people really connect with Star Wars specifically. Um, I think part of that comes from we just got done watching that documentary and you guys both were like multiple times I was affected emotionally and stuff. And I, I don't know what it is about Star Wars. I, I watch plenty of movies where I'm like, you know, crying and like getting a, like like it just hits me so hard. But Star Wars has never been that thing for me. Um, I, I don't know what, I don't know what I see in the story, but I see adventure and stuff like that. And it, it just, it doesn't 
I don't know. There's something, some sort of gloss over it that I, I don't get too emotionally connected to it. Um, but that is not to be said that it is very clear that so many other people do. Like when I'm on, when I'm uh, on social media, when I'm looking at Twitter and stuff, you post something about, um, hey, did anybody, did everybody think Solo was as good as I did? And it's just this long list of people that are like, I couldn't wait to, I can't wait to hear more about these characters. And, and I just love this person's journey. And I connected so strongly with these characters and stuff. And I think escapism is probably going to be the biggest key to this is because galaxy uh, or star Wars takes place in a, a far away place and being able to um, set everything aside and just being like, well, for the next two hours, I'm going to be here um, mm-hmm. with these people. Um is is yeah. rather important. Yeah. Uh Lacey, I know you uh got into Star Wars with the original trilogy as a kid. Um so you have that vantage point and obviously you mm-hmm. um are big into how it's rounded out with the sequel trilogy and all down the line. So you've been a fan for a long time and in, in you know ingesting all the different types of uh content, but in terms of its impact and you're well versed in social media and, and interacting with fans as well. Um, what's your take on this Star Wars's impact over 40 years through different decades and how it affects generations in a cultural way? That is a big question, John. <laughs> yeah, God. Well, and uh, especially, especially during times like this, which where things are kind of bleak in the real world. No, no, no. I'm not saying it's not a good question. It's an excellent question. I don't know if I'm capable of answering it, but I'm going to try my best. Um, I think Star Wars is, is super important. And any movie like Star Wars is important because of what you guys have said for the ability to just step outside of the problems that you have in your everyday life and bills to pay. And, you know, for me growing up, it was like getting bullied at school. I could go home and watch Luke Skywalker and see what he dealt with and then realize that I was like, well, if Luke Skywalker can take down the Death Star, then I can deal with this terrible person at school. Like that Mm -hmm. type of thing. And I think that kind of hope and escapism has grown in a different way so it's like you know if if luke and han and leia that come from all different backgrounds can work together for one goal then all different types of people can work together to get to that goal like that's the kind of stuff i see now yeah Mm -hmm. that i didn't see when i was little because that's not what i connected with what i connected with was this kid in the middle of nowhere that seemingly had you know, a couple friends, but was very lonely. That was searched for belonging. That wanted to go on adventure, and then the next day, his life changed. That's something that I always wanted growing up. Whereas now, it's just that sense of belonging, but then also working towards a common goal to make the world a better place. Like to do what's right, to to mm-hmm. be kind, to be welcoming, to be understanding to others and where they come from and what's important to them. And I think. That rang true a lot with the sequel trilogy more than the other ones, I think, was everyone's different and that's okay. Let's celebrate what's different while also finding that underlining thing that we're working towards that we want to see happen, that we believe in, which is hope. Like you said, John, like Star Wars is about hope. And I think now more than ever with what's going on in our world, we just have to stay positive and be hopeful that things will work out the way they're supposed to, that things will get better, that sometimes things get bad, 
but ultimately people will do the right thing to get us to where we need to go. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm totally blanking on the quote from The Last Jedi about darkness, light, whatever. You can't see it. What's that quote? This is oh. why I never win. Who are you? <laughs> yeah. Actually, the one I thought you were going for was people will come if we lead them. Uh, that's no, a, that's the a one quote. from I, it's Leia. It's not what you're going for. Yeah, you're talking about... Yeah. Because you'll never, you'll never make it out of the something is like the sun. Um, (laughs) Hope hope is like the sun. Hope is like the sun. If you can't see it, you'll never. As long as there's light, there's always. Someone please Google it right now. We're getting yelled at. Put it in the comment. See, but this is that moment that if we work together and we believe, we can figure (laughs) out what this quote is. Um, no, <laughs> but in all seriousness, like Star Wars to me has changed my life in so many different ways and different periods of my life that I've gone through all these different situations and going from grade school to middle school to high school to college to career to later adult life. Um, you pick up different things every time you watch it that you didn't pick up on when you were younger in a different phase in your life because it didn't matter to you and your values change, Um, which I'm sure James and John, you guys probably pick up on more of the father-son stuff than you did 10 years ago. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I think for me, it's probably even now with the sequel trilogy and with Ray, especially is that, that belonging and finding where you fit and figuring out as a puzzle piece where you belong in all of it. And then finding those people that you can surround yourself to make your life better, which Mm -hmm. is something that I've been focused on for the past few years of my life is just finding those people that make my life better and getting rid of the people that Mm -hmm. don't. Yeah, Yeah. You're actually making like a really strong point that, um, that I, I I agree with, but I hadn't really f- put it into, you know, of a, a, a full thought. The hope and is like it, the sun. <laughs> yeah. So um, I have the quote if you want it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go what ahead. Is what it is, is it? Hope is like the sun. If you only believe in it when you can see it, you'll nev- never make it through the night. Ah, there it is. Yeah. And that's why I never um, win. So I I think one thing that we forget sometimes too is, um, or maybe not, we're thinking about it all the time, but uh, I think when someone like, say my wife or whatever, she hasn't watched The Rise of Skywalker, and if she watched it, she would just be like, yeah, okay, I get it. You know, they got to go to the planet, and then they got to talk to the girl in the purple with the gold helmet. That's fine, whatever. (laughs) And... People like us, people that are listening to a Star Wars podcast who are totally into here, um, all of the overlying themes and like, what is it? What is this character's arc? And like, what do they, what did they really go through? What's the story that was trying to be told here? We don't see that scene. We go back and revisit it and we start noticing things like the, um, you were a spice runner, like, oh, you were a stormtrooper. You were, you were a scavenger. We could do this all day. Uh, that mm-hmm. to me is like there there's something that's being said about uh society and there's something that's being said about uh, a person in general is like i used to be this i'm not that anymore don't hold me to what i was and and there i mean star wars uh, movies in general but star wars specifically is just filled 
with this type of stuff that all these life lessons and morals that um, on a regular basis, the people that are like paying attention and they're wanting to get into it, they're wanting to get into it for a reason. Nobody's looking on in, at Kylo Ren for tips on how to take over a business or a galaxy or something, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. They're usually what they're what they're getting out of it is um, stories of hope, like because Lacey was saying, like because so and so did it. That that's uh that's how I'm gonna do it too, or or I should keep um I should keep going for my goals and different things like that, or or like I admire this person and they handled it a lot different, or I never thought about treating people or individuals that way before, um you know what I mean? I don't know. There's just so much sure. that is there when when you dive in and start to look at it. These are things that people legitimately carry in their regular everyday life, and they might not even realize that they're being nice to people because mm-hmm. Ray is nice to people. You know. Yeah, and you know, having watched that uh, the documentary that just came out attached to the Rise of Skywalker, and um, you know, I, you know, I talked about it this a bit. Um, at on that uh, one with the force question about, uh, or was it uh, ask the resistance about who you'd go to dinner with or whatever? And I said Mark Hamill. The mm-hmm. the little bit of time he was in that documentary really uh, stood out to me because you have a you know a sixty eight year old guy who started playing this character when he was in his like early to mid twenties, and it's. Luke Skywalker has been a massive part of Mark Hamill's life, you know? So you want to hear him talk about this character because he's as much Luke Skywalker as Luke Skywalker is him, right? And him saying, "I what I love about Luke the most is how optimistic he was. And, you know, hearing him kind of say that and knowing like Luke's journey and, and just going from the farm boy uh, with big aspirations and uh, being immature and going through all of that and what happened with him and Vader and then going through his fallout and isolating himself mm-hmm. and making his mistakes and and redeeming himself by the end of The Last Jedi and so forth. Uh, but he, him saying, I always loved how optimistic he was. And we always say, because George Lucas always does, that Star Wars is for kids and for 12-year-olds and stuff. But like I hear Mark Hamill say that, and that like inspires me because... You know, I've had a hell of a 2020. I'm not going to get into personal (laughs) reasons why. It has been an awful year for me, personally, Uh, even before all this pandemic stuff. Um, And hearing him say that, like, inspires me, even though I know he's talking about a fictional character, but him believing in that character reminds me that Star Wars is our modern mythology. It is our modern morality tale, like people would say the Iliad and Odyssey were, or even biblically for for people. Mm -hmm. So uh, a lot of people really learn lessons from Star Wars. And even as a grown man, uh, I still see, wow, you know, Luke Skywalker is a beacon of optimism and hope and that sort of thing. So uh, in the darkest of times, sometimes you watch Star Wars from a different perspective and a different lens where it's like, you know, th- their backs are always against the wall. And I know this is a fantastical situation in a made-up space fantasy movie, but you can make that analogy for life where, 
You know, you can be one swing away from being out and done and in and and toast, and then you can you can find your way out of it. And like Lando said, you know, with the with the support, we had each other, and sometimes it's that simple. And that tale of friendship and family and found family and all that sort of thing is just ingrained in it. And I feel like Lacey, you kind of brought this up about how the sequel trilogy really um, makes it relative to our situation now because of all the different ways, you know, people can be represented, like, you know, Ray from nowhere, uh, it means something to people like, you know, the, the whole orphan thing. And maybe she found her family and maybe a lot of people who never mm-hmm. saw that in star Wars, they now found that like, Oh yeah, I was adopted into this family and I took on their name and I'm just as much part or, of the family as they are. Uh, or, there's yeah, a lot John, of things. I've been thinking the opposite of that too. Just the general person, like wh- what would our mindset be of orphans or kids who you know their parents died and and they're they're in these situations and what would we think of those types of situations uh if we didn't have star wars because to me when i hear about those types of situations i relate them to anakin's and luke's and ray's and things like that and i go like because i'm so connected with those characters having no understanding of of their family and where they come from when i hear about those situations in real life where kids like they're like yeah they i I never knew my parents they both died in an accident when i was really young you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. those same stories happen in like frozen and i don't connect on that level with them i'm like yeah whatever it's an orphanage story no big deal but like i really think about that stuff when it comes to star wars and i connect with my everyday world um i see star wars characters in different people and i go that person's kind of a han solo therefore i understand what kind of a person that they are does that kind of make sense too it's another way to look instead of our own real lives but other people's lives as well yeah and um another aspect of it is sometimes like because right now like our current situation you know they're our our country is relying and everyone in the world i guess is relying on people to abide by these certain like rules to make things better it's not just oh we have this uh, cure we're going to take care of it and everything it's like no like if everyone does this we'll be in a better situation and it's kind of everyone kind of being on the same page for the collective good and it doesn't matter your walk of life or or how much money you make or what we're all in the same situation as humans and Star Wars is so that when it comes to like the rebellion and they show those montages of people putting things together and this guy's an alien and this guy this there's a woman here there's a kid here and all these people look different and do different and does none of that matters it's all it's all the 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 collective for for the good of the collective and i think that's huge too because you know maybe not me personally but i think even for kids today growing up in in a very diverse more diverse than ever country or wherever you're from uh, seeing Star Wars and people working together and being together and and loving each other and caring for each from each other no matter what you look like or anything like that uh, is a tangible and real you could see that and you're like wow you know I, I should be able to get along with anybody and you know barriers that are created by old archaic ways of thinking don't exist and i think that's uh something that isn't brought up very often um what kind of uh lesson star wars can teach people in terms of like um 
being a, a together in a collective with people of uh, all different sorts of walks of life and backgrounds and, and shape sizes and everything like that. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's important too, especially again in, in troubling times, it's, it's all about rallying together. And I think that that rallying cry and those montages that we're going to go do it and we're going to take the war to them. I think that's uh, very, very important. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Ditto. Yeah. That was such um, a good answer. I don't know how to reply to that. Well, and I guess I want to say like because like Star Wars if it if it came out today with like adjusted for inflation the first Star Wars movie, it would have been like 3.2 trillion or what is it? billion dollars? Yeah, 3.2 billion dollars at the box office, which and uh, Endgame was like 2.7. So, I mean, it, it was such a juggernaut of a movie. And I think a big part of it was because, like, there was, like, it was a tough time back then. Mm-hmm. And I know we're in a situation now where we can't go to the movies and stuff like that. But I do think there's something about Star Wars that will always carry that because it was born from that. And George Lucas wrote that story, he started writing it in the mid 70s. Um, because he wanted to write a space fantasy, but be, you know, the usually you're inspired by your environments and the culture of that time, and the vibe of, of things. And you know, we're just out of the Vietnam War, and there's mistrust in the government. And he's like, I'm going to write something about a, a, an empire that you don't trust. And there was, it's all rooted in that. So the starting point for Star Wars came from the cultural situation in America then. And here we are now in a situation where, you know, people are very uncertain on what's going on in the world. And I wonder if, you know, going forward, because we don't know what Star Wars movies are going to be written now. We don't know what the next movie is going to be or whatever. But we do know that they're probably going to start some kind of new saga or version like that. I wonder if where where we are now and who they bring in will also be influenced by today's situation uh, and, 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 and like, like having their finger on the pulse of like what people are going through, because I think that's, that's really important and it will mark us to this time, but maybe that launches the next 40 years of star Wars. And it doesn't have to be the exact parallel of what George Lucas wrote in 1974 when he started writing, writing, you know, the adventures of Luke star killer and, and what have you. But, um, I, I think that's kind of interesting. Do you guys think that that's, um, something that is still relevant for storytellers? Do you think uh, something like that could be relevant based on how the world is today? I think we're already seeing it in The Mandalorian, um, similarly in Rogue One and a a little bit in Solo. And we're seeing it in the sense of before we reach the point we're at now, there was a lot of fear and uncertainty with a lot of different parts of the world. And I think you see that in The Mandalorian. They're like, it's a time of chaos. It's a time of uncertainty. No, mm-hmm. People aren't sure of themselves. They're kind of out for their, they're on their own. And I think taking it away from Star Wars and the movies and bringing it into the TV, because now we're in a very TV environment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think people really love Mandalorian because it's someone that was supposed to be out for himself and then goes against everything that you think of him and does the exact opposite to protect someone that has nothing to do with him because he knows it's for the better good. Mm -hmm. So I think people like those stories where the good guys win. Like we have enough bad guys in the world. And I say this all the time. 
One of the thing, the reasons that Star Wars has stuck with me for so long is because there is enough bad stuff in this world as we're seeing right now. So why not watch and enjoy something for two and a half hours with Mandalorian? You know, it's half an hour episodes that you leave feeling good. You leave feeling like, you know what? Someone won something. Someone, someone did the right thing. People were saved. The galaxy's a good place again. And that's mm-hmm. what I got out of the original trilogy. And then going into the sequel trilogy, I felt that way too um, about a couple of the movies. Um, that That's what I like about them. And I think that's what a lot of people like about them. And especially people that aren't diehard Star Wars fans. They want a fun movie that makes them feel good, that they can be like, hey, I'm kind of like this person. I'm getting these themes out of this movie. But at the end of the day, it all works out. And yeah. no one likes to leave a movie or a TV show being like, oh, I'm very uncertain of this, which mm-hmm. is honestly why I think a lot of people with other reasons kind of felt that way about Last Jedi. And you can say whatever you want about what The Last Jedi was supposed to do and make you feel. But I know as a Star Wars fan, I was a little like, oh, I really wanted to leave that movie happy. And I didn't because mm-hmm. I had gotten it from many other Star Wars movies where I was like, oh, all right, the good guys won or OK, they're not where they're supposed to be, but there's hope. Whereas Mm. I didn't get that hopeful, fun feeling, um, Mm. which The Mandalorian gives me. So, Mm -hmm. you know, another thing, too, that we're we're kind of facing today is um, like, oh, I don't like what Disney is doing to these movies. Like, it's too politically correct now. Like... You know what I mean? Like, like it or hate it. Like there are things that they're doing in the movies. Like for instance, like, I, like making a push for, for women, you know, for f- female characters, um, my, minorities in general, but also an, another one, like that's kind of, um, an, a, just a specific side of people. It's not like a group of people, but like your beliefs on, um, what they were saying in, uh, last Jedi, like Canto bite the like, Oh, it's, it's, it's a, it's all about these money hungry people who are feeding both sides of the war and uh, they're the real enemy. And, and you know, there's only one way you get this rich, you know, by what, by feeding other people dying and stuff. And like, I'm not saying that's a, that's a bad thing, but I'm saying like, there is definitely still political messages that are in star Wars um, that are still culturally relevant and people connect with those things. And in 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now, they're going to look back at these movies and be like, I remember when that was the message. Like at Mm -hmm. the time we were still in this period where people were legitimately upset that the next big Jedi was a woman, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and that's just where we were. Was a, was a thing. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's not to say that these movies are just made to be complete escapism, even though that's kind of where our discussion has been the, um, the whole time. But the, the title of this discussion is star Wars cultural importance during uncertain times, you know, and it's like being able to, um, have an artistic, uh, flashlight on, you know, or mirror like reflecting our current society and either poking fun at it or, or making sure that uh, it's in the cultural spotlight 
I, you know, it's all there. Yeah. It, it's it's the kind of stuff like people don't think about. May, maybe it's the exact opposite. People don't think there were all these political messages in the original Star Wars. They were like, it was just a fun space adventure. I'm sure there were kids that are like all the political messages that are in the sequel trilogy are going over the kids' heads. Later, right. they'll be like, man, I didn't. I didn't know that that was like that's a good point an issue yeah. like a real life issue at the time like people had problems with there being a Hispanic a black and a female character is the main like they're just people you know yeah it's it, well what's funny about that is it's uh, a lot of the people complaining about it were like born during when Star Wars came out so they weren't living mm-hmm. during the uneasy t- like when you're five years old you don't remember that your parents had to struggle and get a second mortgage or they lost their jobs. You were five years old and there's mommy and daddy and you ate your peanut butter and jelly sandwich and you went to bed. Uh, so those people like looking back, they look back as original trilogy fans, but they were little kids back then. They didn't realize that George Lucas grounded his story in stuff he lived through as a 30 something year old guy during the 70s. Mm-hmm. So they look back on it. Oh, it was just George Lucas and he made this awesome movie. Like you're saying, James. But no, he didn't. Like you don't you can't make a good story that has that many uh lessons and 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 morality tales without grounding it in something real. And uh you know th- that that that's just a fact of how George Lucas developed that story. You know, if you're a kid and you grow up and now you're 40 something and you look back and you're like, it wasn't like that then this is different. Now they're trying to interject these politics. That's Oh, that's what star star Wars always was. So um, it's revisionist history. And it's also, like I say, they hadn't, they didn't really live during that time. And I'm not saying I did either. Obviously I didn't, but if you actually just do a little research and, and even listen to old interviews from George Lucas, it's all there for free and clear for you to find out. So, um, I think that is a big part of it, without a doubt. And you're right. It's always been entrenched in Star Wars. And the last thing I'll add, which they probably you know can do better on, of course, but I feel like more than ever, Star Wars has been doing their best to make it so that people can see themselves in the galaxy far, far away in terms of representation and that sort of thing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a white man, so I can't really be the, you know, bearer of the flag here about that. But I think more than ever, if you look back from when it started, and just, that's just how movies were back then in terms of uh, who was in them and who was cast and that sort of thing, to now they've taken huge leaps, and I'm sure they'll continue to do so, um, but also serving the story uh, as needed. But, um, I mean, final thoughts? Uh, I know we're, we're kind of up against it here. Is there anything else we didn't really talk about in terms of this um, that you want to get into? And, and if not, do you have any uh, final thoughts to wrap this up? Uh, Lacey, I'll start with you. Uh, <laughs> she was literally just shaking her head. No. <laughs> um, yeah, Star Wars is great, and I'm always going to use it to escape. No matter what's going on in the world, it always be, will be my happy place. I guess that I go when I want to get away. All right, James. Um. I want the uh, the comment section to be kind of a place where people can put examples of 
how real life politics are reflected in Star Wars. Because I was sitting here trying to think of some examples and I was like, man, I remember all these specific episodes of the Clone Wars where they were talking about the banking clan and how they were like denying loans or or with like great interest and stuff. And I'm like, all of this was coming out after the the crash of the stock market and the the housing, you know, crash and all that well, in 2007. Know, and it's like... <sighs> I know one for a fact for Revenge of the Sith, I think like the post 9-11 Homeland Security and all that stuff. It's like the whole, this is how liberty dies with thunderous applause type of thing. You know, George Lucas is pretty vocal about us, you know, wanting that extra protection from the government and when it may have sacrificed some liberties and that sort of thing. So he, he never minced his thoughts about stuff and whether you disagree yeah. or agreed with his politics or not, they, they made for um, good storytelling. But um, yeah, I mean, good times and bad Star Wars fans are always going to love Star Wars, but I think something about uh, an uneasy culture or time in the world um, makes it that much more important for different reasons. So like I said, you know, when things are good, you can always go to Star Wars and have a great time and enjoy it as it is. And then sometimes when things are bleak and things are uncertain and things are dark, uh, it's always there to remind you that there is hope and uh, there's always there, there's always a way out of it as long as um, you're always There's always an money in the banana stand. There's always money in the banana stand, as George Bluth said. Um, but yeah, that's it for the, George this discussion. Kiss? George Bluth Bluth kiss. Um, Yeah, so I guess that's it for this discussion. As James said, let us know in the comments what you think. Tweet at us, too, uh, if you have thoughts on this episode and what we had to say and what your thoughts may be at RBATSWNN. And uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Um, any points we missed, let us know. But uh, we can't podcast forever, folks. Jeez. But we are going to continue now by hearing from your tweets. So we're going to send it over to Lacey right now to dial up the fun a little bit. So Lacey, what is going on? Hey guys, it's time for Resistance Transmissions. So the way this works is every week, John puts up a crazy, wacky situation. And then you guys give your answers. And then I read them live. And I've never seen the scenario or what you guys said, so we'll see how this goes. All right, so the scenario is, after successfully blowing up Alderaan, Death Star elites gather for drinks to celebrate. Tag? Is that Tag? Yep. Who's Tag looks at Krennic's empty chair. If only Orson were here to see this. How does Tarkin reply? Who's Tag? He's a guy... With the, like the bangs, and he's like yeah. in a new hope, oh. and he's like, if they discover a weakness, however unlikely. <laughs> Got it, baby bangs guy. Baby bangs guy. <laughs> um, that's what they call those, the little mini bangs. They're yeah. called baby bangs. Yeah. All right. First up is Adam Odal at Odal Adam, who said Tarkin, and he said who? Ooh, cold. <laughs> Savage. Next up is Mello at a gray Jedi, who said Tarkin. I will take control of his celebration immediately. <laughs> it's very Tarkin. Next up is Darth Del Rio at Darth Rio, who said, this will be a week long remembered. It has seen the end of Orson Krennic and will soon see the end of the rebellion. Nice. <laughs> Taking a line from well Vader. Well done. 
Next up is Padre at Pat Dresch 93. And they said, Tarkin, Orson, arrogant to the last. You don't know how easy I found it signing the order to terminate his life. <laughs> nice. All these are Tarkin <laughs> quotes. Yeah. Next is Bobby Fetz at Ardross, Ardoss 72. And he handle? said, <laughs> he said, Tarkin, you can follow him on Twitter at Aspirations. <laughs> and then Tag said, way to get your handle. Oh. And then Vader choking Tag said, that's not what getting your handle means. I literally did not intend that. <laughs> no, like 100% oh, did not know that was James, coming. James is like, oh, to get to the other side. And then Lacey's like, <laughs> yeah. hey, how'd the chicken cross the road? Oh. <laughs> uh, Next up is Danny at Chibigon89. And Danny said, Oh, Krennic already saw his achievement firsthand. I have confirmation he had a blast over the beach on Scarif, smiling face with sunglasses. (laughs) I'm assuming it's the emoji. Smiling face with sunglasses. Yeah. 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 Nice. Next is Ryan Young at the real Ryan Yun. And he said, Tarkin, Orson has been reassigned. He is helping secure the galaxy's supply of toilet paper. (laughs) And then Tag said, that'll be his greatest achievement. (laughs) And then all around the table, not in agreement. Mm, mm. Yes. 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 And then last but not least is Matt Skull at Crossbone Skywalker at MIB1188. And he said, Director Krennic had a talent for being in Alderaan places. <laughs> hey! <laughs> 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 Guys, thank you for your answers. If you want to be on the show, make sure to follow us on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N. And then every week, John puts up some scenario and you give your answers. Back to you, John. Back to me. Me. Guys, thank you so much for listening and watching. And, of course, more importantly, being a part of the resistance. Make sure you are subscribed to us. Uh, You can do that on YouTube right here if you're watching. How are you? Uh, Of course, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Podbean, anywhere you like your podcast. Subscribe because coming at you at least twice a week. Uh, This past week we did three podcasts in addition to other content. Um, uh, make sure you go to StarWarsNewsNet.com every day for your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. Uh, head to Patreon.com slash Resistance Broadcast. We have additional content there. If you can't get enough of us, head there. Uh, tiers start at just 2 bucks a month, and you get access to the page, all the content there. And then as you rise the ranks, more perks, more benefits. We even have a Discord server chat. If you want to get away from regular social media, we have a nice little fun community in uh, the TRB base. And as you saw before, if you want to be a general, you can get on the podcast, as Jeremy did. Um, But I do want to say a special thank you to our generals, and that is Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Neil Lowry, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, Seth Kime, Micah Harrison, Tampa Movie Guy, Michael Gaines, and Val Trichkoff. Generals, thank you so much for all of your support. All that content you saw last week, couldn't do it without your support, as well as all all of our other patrons. So thank you all so, so much for all of that. Uh, You guys can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and at StarWarsNewsNet.com. James? 
You can find me on Instagram at Myra Trunks, uh, as well as Twitter uh, at Myra Trunks. And if you want to watch a show that I'm on, you can check me out on tomorrow's episode of the Clone Wars Fan Show on our YouTube, as well as every week, every Friday, doing the same deal. Clone Wars Fan Show. Come check it out. Deal. Yeah. Uh, What are we up to on uh, Clone Wars Fan Show? Six? Halfway through, right? As of tomorrow? Uh, we, we are, we are, I don't know, we're in it. We're in deep. In deep. the Ahsoka episodes now, yeah. Absolutely crazy that Clone Wars is about halfway over already for season seven. Uh, Lacey. Funny story. Hmm? Two years ago, you could find me making my debut on the Resistance broadcast today. Really? Today? Today. So March, March 26. 26. Two years ago, I made my debut on the first episode I was ever on for the Resistance broadcast. Was it 2018? It was. You've been on the podcast for two years? I have. That is you, crazy. You know what they say? Time flies when you're having this will fun. Be a long, this will be a week long remembered... Oh. It's seen the beginning of Orson of Lacey Gillerin and will soon I don't know. Shut up, James. Well Happy anniversary. If you want to find me thank you so much. If Everybody, you want to find round me, of applause. Oh, she made all it. Right. She we made, made it. Two it. Years. <laughs> you made it. You lasted two years with the two of us. I can't believe it. <laughs> uh long time listener, first time caller. There it is. You can find me. On Twitter and Instagram, celebrating two years of wonderful memories of TRB at mm. Lacey Gillerin. Here's the two more years, Lacey. Great. John. And then, oh and then done. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's the 2022. <laughs> when that movie comes out, we're calling it quits. If, if that movie comes out. Yeah, we'll see what nah, happens. I don't go um, there. But thank you guys so much for your support. Past two years. Woo. Yeah. And thank you all once again for stopping by. Uh, I know, like we said, it's crazy times right now. So hopefully we're able to help you guys escape uh, for an hour plus. And don't don't forget, we're going to be back on Monday morning uh, with another episode right here on the Resistance Broadcast. So as always, we'll see you around, kids. <laughs>